god what's happening in the background (laughs) it's my fan on high (laughs) oh no i'll turn it down hang on (laughs) okay (laughs) uh hello and welcome to paranormal captivity y'all it's funny we're from virginia but i never say y'all um we are back recording uh we tried to record a little earlier but julia was afraid that teens were gonna sit on her car (laughs) (laughs) not my car the car next door their car oh so sorry so sorry oh that i understand that a little bit better now (laughs) i just thought it was a funny joke but you thought they were going to sit on their own car yeah and make a ruckus next to me that is fair i could definitely see that but teens jokes on me because i came home and my windows are open and there's like a bunch of kids playing outside so you're gonna hear some yelling anyway Oh, I thought you were going to say there were teens in your house, just there like stealing teens all your in shit. in my house, just like <laughs> chilling. I mean, teens can be cool too. Maybe they broke in to play with Mushu. Um, fun, fun segue into the, <laughs> into the <gasps> part of our book that we're reading. Oh my God, you're so right. This, you guys, this part of the book was so dramatic. I literally almost cried on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot going on oh my god Woo. well should we dive right into it yeah let's dive right in okay whoa 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 well now that you brought that part up that's literally the only part i can think about so what um, happens first <laughs> oh scottish night <laughs> scottish night happens first there's oh no my god scottish night it's just a fun night <laughs> mm. um excuse me there is an excellent point to scottish night and it is celebrating the scottish heritage of the what is it like the gentleman's club of pickaxe um yeah because apparently they're all scottish every single one of yeah, them 100% apparently scottish. they're all scottish it's like a yeah. little scottish stronghold in uh, yeah. whatever state we've decided pickaxe is in like to the point where they all own kilts based on like where their family's from in scotland yeah quillerin shows up so quillerin gets invited to scottish night as julia hinted strongly in our last episode <laughs> Um, Quillerin does get invited to a Scottish night at the local, like, it's not a gentleman's club. That was my bad. I just call everything a gentleman's club now. Um, Women it's like a local, you, maybe. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's like an elite type, like, golf club or like a yacht club or like whatever. You have to like pay to get in. And I don't think Quillerin was a member, but I think he has a mustache. Uh, so they just like him. <laughs> yeah, the mustache gets him in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he is invited by Andrew Brody, the police chief. The We actually also hear mention of other police officers in this segment, which I had never heard before. So I need to stop making my joke that Andrew Brody is the only police officer in pickaxe. I mean, he might be the only police officer in pickaxe because you don't know where those other police officers are from. That's true. This was a very Moose County little uh, montage that we got of... Uh, yeah so these other police officers could be from like other towns because i doubt that each town has its own scottish night 
that's yes that well that's true and that brings us all back to andrew brody so brody does invite quiller into scottish night and as i think you mentioned in the last episode too it was really funny because uh in this book coco has taken to instead of just like subtle clues now coco apparently is just ramming himself into quiller when he thinks he's doing a bad job of listening to him (laughs) Uh which is probably what he should have been doing all along I mean, yeah, Quillerin's daftness has definitely proved that Coco needs to take drastic measures. So he's taken to running around the the uh, apple or, or apple barn and yeah. just running right into Quillerin head first. Um, right when he thinks he's making a bad choice, and this bad choice, so Quillerin gets the invite. He comes home. He's about to put on his pajamas and be like, "I'm not going out. I'm a homebody." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And Coco is like. Oh no, you need to go to Scottish Night. You are going to Scottish Night, sir. <laughs> Good sir. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. Mm-hmm. So he does go, and it is a romping good time. It's full of haggis and kilts and bagpipes and, uh, yeah, just about and, every. And haggis. Did you already say that? And I did already say that. <laughs> I had my head in the freezer, so sorry. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Um, is it really that hot there? You it's have your head in very inside. sticky. I took my pants <laughs> off. Oh, perfect. Glad we all know that now. <laughs> I'm recording without clothes, everybody. <laughs> oh, pantsless, pantsless, Julia. <laughs> Ugh, never live anywhere with humidity it's so gross yeah we actually were i was just on a vacay in wisconsin and i always forget i mean i don't know anything about the midwest but yeah holy balls it's it's humid there too it was it was really nice i will say this past weekend it was kind of perfect but yeah when i got back here i was like ugh, my body is just not used to humidity anymore i've been out of it for too long i know it's like sticky and hot and then like I'm not even going to go into it because it's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have a feeling you could rant about this for like the entirety of this episode. So let's save everyone from that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll save it. We'll keep going on Scotland for a while. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll maybe we'll maybe add in like a dad complaint corner where like we just become dads and just like complain about shit. Um, Yeah, but that can we can save that for another time. We'll save it for the end. Well, you know what we also have to do at the end. Uh. <laughs> I am going to look up. Well, we have to do it together because we have to hold each other accountable, as you said. Oh, right, right, right. Yep, we're looking up Quillerin's house and Patronus. Quillerin's house and Patronus. That's yeah. Maybe gonna... is that going to take a while? Because I only have an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can we can make it work. Okay, great. It's a um, long test, by the way. Oh, is it? I think so. Oh, we'll make it work. It's fine. We'll see. We'll make it work. Um, okay, great. We'll we'll segue. Yeah, so Scottish Night is, yeah, full of all said Scottish stereotypes of things. Quillerin himself actually feels underdressed, even in his like Macintosh, whatever it's called, tartan something, something, lapel. Something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think is the same lapel that had butter on it in the previous episode. Although that lapel is saved, everyone. Calm down. Yeah. So, yeah, truly Scottish Night does not divulge us any clues. It just gives us a little little uh, delightful romp into uh, romp into the pickaxe community. 
Um, which I feel like we get a little bit more of in this this whole book, really, of like we get a lot more like I we also get to see a little bit more of the outskirts of Moose County. We don't just get pickaxe. So I feel like we're getting mm-hmm. an even like clearer picture of what the like community and towns are like around. So I think that was just a little added bonus bonusy along the way. Yeah. It's funny that we've never heard of Scottish Night before and then everyone goes to Scotland and all of a sudden there's a Scottish Night. Well, yeah, because my guess, if you had told me to guess last time what Scottish Night was, I just instantly would have said it was everyone from the the Bonnie Scott's tour, pickaxe group. Tour oh, group. No, no. Oh, no. I know. I thought it would be them getting back together and like sharing pictures and like Bushy showing everyone their photo, his photos and you know, all of that. But it's not. It's like a pre-established Scottish night that other people are there. Like, I think like one other person from the tour group is there. Yeah. So Scottish night. Scottish night happens. Coco insists that he goes. He does have a good time. No reason. Yeah, it is kind of for no reason, isn't it? Yeah. Coco. Come on, Coco. Yeah. (laughs) Although maybe I feel like it it would be very us to like get three-fourths of the way through telling this like half part of the story and be like oh that's why (laughs) oh i actually forgot about this um yeah but scottish night is very funny and enjoyable and brody does come in playing the bagpipes in a kilt and looking very formidable yeah i think that's honestly it like uh, Quill drinks a lot of skunk water mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, everyone mm-hmm. else gets real sloshed and sings a lot of uh, we Scottish shanties. I don't know if that's the right. Those are not the right terms. I hope yeah. that's not that's... offensive. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go through some like Scottish sayings and just, you know, go through the whole thing. And um, that's kind of a wrap on Scottish night. Yeah. That it is. Yeah. 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 Um what's next well the other thing we should say so i was very interested in the fact that this is now so we've come very far from the end of the spuds and the taters the baked potato mountain book mm-hmm. um, but i believe that was like june this is now like eight nine months later this is like very far from that time but quillerin is still just vaguely seeing this random car around these different like Massachusetts license plates, the other random, you know, bearded person. Yeah. Well, he actually, I think the next time he sees said bearded person is at the Goodwinter estate sale preview. Yes. Oh, that becomes drama. I love the estate sale. Oh, yeah. My God. The estate sale was fun. That was right after Scottish night, I think. I think it was, yeah. That was like because he talks about. I think Scottish Night was maybe a fun little way to intro. Like he had already kind of talked about the preview with Melinda, but then they talk again. Like the the preview, the estate sale, and the preview of the estate sale are all like hot topics every time Quillery gets together with someone. So this was like Scottish Night was like a a meeting of a lot of the big big wigs of pickaxe under like a fun pretense, and then I think there is a conversation in that of everyone being like. Oh, God, the estate sale. Everyone's very divided because usually, I guess, what happens with these estate sales is that all of the items that are going to be sold are taken into possession by an auction house. 
they go to the actual auction house out of the you know person's house and then they are auctioned off by what's the guy's name foxy fleet foxy oh yeah, yeah fred uh-huh foxy foxy someone i think it's foxy foxy, foxy fred i think it, it was an ff it was definitely an ff i think it was foxy fred too who is described as like a very good auctioneer and someone someone says in the, with like a very funny tone of like i'm not saying he's a criminal but <laughs> but he's a little sleazy so we kind of get the impression that this guy will do like anything to make a buck it doesn't really matter because it doesn't really come back except to like go into the shadiness now of what's happening with melinda because Melinda, we're seeing, so basically the divisiveness of the estate sale is that, so Pickaxe, or um, the Goodwinter estate, the house and all of the items are on Goodwinter Boulevard, named after them. But all of these like really rich people from Pickaxe live on this street. And while there are some deserted houses, as we said earlier, Quiller and might might. Now, also, we get another thread of this, might be moving into the house across from Polly, who mm-hmm. also lives in a house on Goodwinter Boulevard. All the, like, Richies who live on this street are like, this is going to be the worst nightmare of all time because just anyone is going to cut. They, like, the city lifts their, apparently there's a parking ban on the, on Goodwinter Boulevard. You can't park on the street. But they lift that for the preview, and so everyone is just going to park willy-nilly on the street. And as they suspect, it does become quite an insane little trip. And so some people are really upset, and some people are like, wait, this is going to be the sale of the century. Like, there's going to be so much historical items through, like, in this and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they're all right. It is a shit show, and it is also kind of the sale of the century for them. So, yeah. Can you hear that? (laughs) I did, yeah, I heard that, but I that sounded just like mine, like that happens in my. Um, oh, okay, killer. it's thunderstorming, so I can't stop it. Oh, that was thunder. That's cool. Yeah, that was thunder. Thunder. Oh my God. Wow. 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 And I the end. <laughs> and the who? <laughs> um. Yes. So yeah, I think. I think everyone's excited in sort of like a nosy way, but yeah, the people who live on that street are definitely like, we hate this. <laughs> yeah, before it <laughs> even like, happens. And well, so I think like the main reason why people absolutely hate it is because it's not a through street, like it's a dead end. And yeah. so they're like, well, what are people going to do? Like they can't all park here, which they all try to, but they absolutely cannot. Sorry, there goes the thunder again. <laughs> no, that's so crazy. I kind of love it. I feel like I'm having a secondhand uh, lightning store, a thunderstorm. <laughs> secondhand rain experience. <laughs> Which I never get. Yeah. I miss rain. That's, the, that's the, the perk that I get in exchange for sweating through all my clothes. Yeah, through the humi- <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you do get the thunder because you get humidity or the like rain at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, the steps of the estate sale are like, right, the preview is first. Well, Melinda officially kicks things off with the preview of the preview, which she tries to entice Quillerin into. And he's like, no, I think that involves you taking off all my clothes. So no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, let's um, just stick with the regular preview. Yeah, exactly. And so they do a, a regular preview, which is like 
just you know walking through the estate and i think you can buy shit i think maybe it's just like people going in earlier yeah i think everything's priced and people can come in and like look at what is going on so that they can have an idea of what they want to come back for the next day like that makes sense I don't really know because I mean like normally when you go to like yard sales it's like first come first serve if you don't get there in time like half the shit might be gone you know I think estate sales are trying to give everyone kind of like a better idea of the whole amount of stuff so I don't know if you can like put your name on anything and reserve it or if it's just like this is everything you better get here early if you want this yeah I think that might be the case and I think it might be like you know then like either what time to show up or you know you're not like surprised as items come up because it's still an auction Mm -hmm. so I think it's probably like so you can be ready to like you know throw up your paddle when item number 257 comes up but I think it also is like you can pick like you can pick items up too I think and like I think there might be a portion where you can just straight up buy things that aren't like maybe the high-end items that are being auctioned for like you know maybe more money than was on the sticker or whatever mm-hmm. um so it might be like a combo of all those things but either way Quilleran goes to the preview and it is just a nightmare and a half because people <laughs> have just come from all the fuck over oh my god yeah it's it's, really it's down. here it's here <laughs> Oh no, it's here. I'm actually going to close my windows because I think I'm getting rain in my apartment. Oh yeah. But that'll sure. cut the background noise. So hooray. Oh, bye thunderstorm. Bye, I miss thund- you. Bye thunderstorm. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's oh shit. I should go close my back windows because that's oh. really coming down. Oh no. Go get it. Go get it. Oh my God. It's in my room. <laughs> oh no. Get out of here, Thunderstorm! Oh, Thunderstorm, come to me. I'll be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Glad I thought about that. My whole floor is, like, dripping. <laughs> yes, anyway, I'm a super responsible um, apartment renter. I definitely keep my apartment dry. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So funny. Um... Oh, the preview. So, yes. So, the preview will be, or is, the preview is just a madhouse. Because people come from, like, literally out all the, like, out of town. They come from down below. They come from everywhere. They've published, like, a little piece about it in the pickaxe something. But Mm -hmm. I think it's also published maybe somewhere else, too. And so, just a lot of people know about it. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, historical shit coming up. Estate sale. Which, as a small divergent. John actually loves an estate sale and him and his friend when they first, I maybe I already told the story. Oh God, I'm turning into dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Him and his friend, like even when they were like right out of college and in LA would like go to estate sales and like buy funny shit. Um, Actually fun story. Um, When I was home for Christmas, I was talking about estate sales because I, I went to a lot of like, yard sales and I perused Craigslist a lot for like most of my furniture Mm. um and so at Christmas time I was talking about you know kind of how hit or miss all of that is and Carter actually our aunt Aunt Carter said that she used to go to estate sales and in her first apartment she went to an estate sale 
and everyone was kind of going for like big ticket items and she just went through the kitchen and picked out like everything that she would ever need to like cook (laughs) yeah that's so smart and like furnished her whole kitchen with like all of this like super cheap stuff and then she pulled out her drawer and was like actually I still have this like 30 years later (laughs) like my matching set of like potato masher and like stirring spoons (laughs) so yeah estate sales are, are good things good deals yeah they're the shit yeah um, so yeah, people are very enticed by this and they yeah. just show up. They apparently park once all the street parking is gone. They like are parking in people's driveways. They're like double parking. They're just sitting parked. They're like, not, just, yeah. They're not even in parking spaces. It sounds like, like they went in, some people parked on the side, some people parked on lawns, some people parked on sidewalks and then the road just like filled all the way in behind all of the illegal parkers into the point yes. that like no one could move. Yeah, it was just like a like a literal parking lot. Like it was just gridlocked parking lot type style traffic. Yeah. And like all of the uh like all of the locals are being woken up at like people are getting there at like five in the morning. They're like in sleeping bags, they're stuck in their cars. It's like truly a nightmare escape. Um, and so Brody is called, and so this is where I think we get a little bit of another um, this is like one of the first mentions of another cop or another like patrolman because I think he goes out with a few other policemen and try to just like they get stuck in the traffic too obviously but they're kind of like um, hello everyone needs to like move the fuck on mm-hmm. and so people they finally break up the traffic and like people park in town and then you know are walking like a mile half a mile down Goodwinter Boulevard but then we get to the actual estate sale and Quillerin you know wakes up early obviously not as early as everyone else but Quillerin kind of peruses around and uh well as a small funny aside he gets there and Amanda Goodwinter is like super pissed because she lives on that road too and she's like I hate you all I hate my cut because she's cousins with Melinda Mm -hmm. Melinda's her cousin and so she's like I don't care that she's my cousin I fucking hate her (laughs) (laughs) just for doing this like she doesn't have any other motivations she's just like why would you do this why wouldn't like the town council do something about this and that's when someone is like or i think maybe even Quillerin is like i don't think she actually asked for permission i think she just fucking did it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then i think this is where we get do we get the, this is the second sighting of the bushy-haired man or the bearded yeah man. yeah so Quillerin runs into the bushy-haired bearded man inside and he recognizes him right away and so he kind of goes over and he's like oh how about all this stuff like kind of trying to like make conversation with him and he was he's trying to I forget what he was trying to do is he trying to get him to like introduce himself or like say his name yeah you know what he was trying to do he was trying to because he was like I need to confirm that this guy's from he has Massachusetts plates like if this is really he had like a name that when um, Brody ran the plates this name came up it was like Charles Ellison something something and so he was like, well, this all sounds very Boston-y. Like, he's trying to get him to talk so that he can hear a Boston accent and be like, you're, you're him. You're him. You're connected <laughs> to this Massachusetts plate. And, like, I, I can connect all the pieces then and, like, try to figure out why you're, you know, creepy and stalking Polly. But he doesn't say anything. Quillerin, like, starts, tries to make conversation. And he just doesn't, doesn't go for it. And then he pockets a pocket knife and runs the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like the creep he is. Yes, he is turning out to be quite the creep. Yeah. Not to mention that it was a pocket knife that Quillaran had eyed earlier and was like, oh, what a, what a nice little pocket knife. If I were going to buy anything here, it would be that. So I think it's a little personal for Quill, too. <laughs> yeah, it's a little personal. But Quillaran actually finds something else for himself to buy, or rather for the Klingen, Klingen, Klingenskron fund. You got it. You yes. got nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> the K fund. Rather, something yes. for the K fund to buy. Yes, he does. Yeah. yeah, he goes upstairs and there's like one room kind of tucked off to the side that people have been like peeking their head into and then like walking away like it doesn't seem like there's anything interesting in there. And so Quillerin goes in and it turns out that it's Dr. Goodwinter's, not Melinda, but her father, Dr. Goodwinter's um, like personal study. Yes, and as we learned from last time, talking to good old groundskeeper, what's his name? <laughs> oh, oh, of course, groundskeeper, what's his name? <laughs> no, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yum Yum's friend at the hospital. At the, yes. the no, home? the at the like it's like an old old folks home, old folks home, nursing home, mm-hmm. assisted assisted living. Yes, sorry, that is definitely Um, the more the more gentle term for that. Yes. So when we talked to him in the last section, we learned that Dr. Goodwinter painted in his spare time, but like cartoony characters that were kind of crazy and no one liked them. So Quillerin walks into this room and is like, Oh my god, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He sees all of these paintings and apparently they're like Quillerin just thinks they're amazing and wonderful. So he calls, does he call Mildred? Is Mildred the art teacher? Yeah, Mildred's the art teacher, yeah. Yeah, so he calls Mildred um, over and is like, drop everything you're doing. This is important. And so she does. And uh, she comes over and appraises them also and is like, well, you know what? Actually, these are really nice paintings. And I do think that people are really going to like them. And we could sell them for a lot. So we should buy them. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. He's like, wait, this is art. Yeah. Like, not really a plot point other than, like, this doctor was more talented than people give him credit for. Yeah. It was funny because that didn't really, like, it only played out in the sense that Quillerin does discover their worth. They're being sold for one dollar each. Mm-hmm. And Quillerin is like, uh no, like he gets Mildred to come um appraise them basically. And she's like, Oh yeah, no, th- these are great. And he ups it to one hundred dollars for each of them, with also the stipulation of like these could maybe even be like a thousand each. Like they're really um much higher quality than they're being given credit for. And so the Klingenschkone Fund, which I, doing that math, I still have not fully done the math because I think I'm number dyslexic and I also <laughs> am terrible at math. So, but they, the Klingenschkone Fund ends up paying $101,000 for these paintings. Mm-hmm. And Quillerin technically bought them, I think it says he bought them for $100 each. Yeah. Does that mean there are 100, like, what's the math on that? Are there that many paintings? Uh, so if he bought them for 100 each and he paid 100 thousand dollars then there were a thousand paintings that's so that's too many paintings that's that's it's a lot of paintings but he also didn't buy them like specifically for himself his fund bought them so i'm guessing they're gonna do something with them no i just mean that's too many paintings to have painted like do people paint yeah that prolifically 
Well, I mean, it's not that many paintings. I mean, if you think about it, how old was this guy? Oh, I yeah, I guess that's true over the course of his whole life. Yeah, I mean, if he had like a 30-year career and he painted the entire time, that's not that many paintings. I mean, if you're painting like a painting a week, that's 50 some a year, 52 a year, but like 50 a year, do math, that's like 200... 50 no wait 20 20 years so if you had like a 20 year career and you painted a painting a week that's a thousand paintings all right okay right. i guess did i could see that did i do that <laughs> did i do that math right or is that 200 years is, is that 200 someone... years it's 200 years <laughs> <laughs> is it 20 years or 200 years <laughs> oh my god i can't tell you i'm number dyslexic <laughs> All right, well, cut this part out because we're dumb. <laughs> we're dumb. Someone else can maybe tell us. Also, oh my God, I just got, this is so stupid and off track. I just was on, why am I on Amazon right now? I don't know. I'm the worst person ever. And I just came, there's an astronaut cat shoulder crossbody bag that is, I shouldn't have even told you about because I might get it for you for Christmas. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's 20 years. I just pulled up my calculator. <laughs> oh my God, we're such nightmares. <laughs> I was so checked out. I was literally on Amazon. (laughs) Guys, I know you're not going to believe me, but I was really good at math in high school. (laughs) Julia would literally, and I don't use that word lightly, Julia would literally do like 17 page math problems for fun like just freehand them like puzzles okay but I had a calculator with me so it was more like calculus problems not like simple math in my head I can't do that (laughs) oh I see I see so humble brag humble brag humble brag I can't do math in my head but I can solve some pretty good complicated math problems (laughs) if you give me time (laughs) simple math is so below me I just really gotta get straight to those calculus 17 page problems (laughs) definitely need a pencil and paper for whatever I do Okay, you have convinced me. This makes more sense to me now. Okay, if he has had a lot of, if he's been painting for a long time, that makes sense to me now that he has had. Okay. Um, Yes, I agree with your math. Yes. (laughs) So, okay, so that's the other thing. And right, that does um, not really fully come into any sort of thing, except that Quillerin is like a really great guy and like, actually you know doesn't just do the thing that i'm sure i would do and be like oh my god this is only a dollar like i'm gonna buy them all for a dollar and like what a deal did i get meanwhile he's like no we need to pay like the actual price for this and like have it on record that these are high quality paintings and then we're gonna have you know i'm sure down the line some kind of display for them i forget what he says they're gonna do with them maybe display them in like a town hall or something Mm, yeah i forget but i mean i wouldn't be surprised at all if down the line there's like a uh, you know, Dr. Hal art exhibit posthumously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then, yeah, what's next? He, there are a couple, he does like a little, oh, so he does because he sees this guy again and then him and Polly go out to dinner for Polly's birthday. Polly's B-Day. Fun, which like, I don't think much really happens there except that fucking Arch is super into Mildred. Yeah. Ditching what, Amanda what? for Mildred. What? Yep. Totally ditching Amanda. 
um he sneakily i kind of loved this we got to um so they got to dinner uh and quiller kind of like plotting this little surprise for polly this like super surreptitious surprise um it's mostly just that they sing happy birthday to her at the end but it is kind of sweet but arch and mildred because they've decided that i think quiller kind of sets it up too it doesn't like say that that's the case but He's told Mildred when I think when Mildred came by for the paintings, they have kind of a little wrap up of being like, oh, like, I'll take you out to dinner. I'll bring Polly and Arch and we'll hang out and tell you about Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it's set up. But it also is does end up being for Polly's birthday. But it is really hysterical because when they're kind of like coordinating the logistics of going to the restaurant, it's this like fancy um italian restaurant where i kind of love this too where they only cook what they they don't have a menu they just cook what they want to cook and they serve you like all the courses and like it sounded delicious Um, like albania oh yeah where you just like walk into someone's kitchen and you're like feed me and they're like okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah here we go here it is Here, here we go american guest feed them all the food feed them all the foods yeah no um, actually there was a really delicious like farm to table restaurant that did that in albania super good if anyone ever ooh. goes to albania ever it's like kind of off the beaten path but it's yeah, what's it called uh mirzi and zanave okay so i know no one can spell that but nope hit, <laughs> hit me up if you're in albania i got travel tips for you <laughs> yeah i actually would love to go to albania yeah i mean that restaurant was like super delicious and you would get like a bajillion courses of like very high quality food straight off the farm for like $15 oh you heard it here first yeah go there for the that restaurant yeah alone (laughs) (laughs) oh so the sneaky thing that Arch pulls is that Arch so as they're deciding like how they're gonna go so Quillerin is like well I'll just drive like we're all in town I could just drive all of us and so he offers that and Mildred takes him up on it. But Arch is like, no, no, I'm going to drive myself. And Quillerin's like, I fucking know what you're up to. Because <laughs> then at the end of the dinner, he does offer to take Mildred home. And I think they get it on. I mean, it's not written out, but does Lillian Jackson Braun ever write it out? No, gotta, she doesn't. You got to read between the lines. Oh my god, someone write us Lillian Jackson Brown fanfic that has, like, all the sex scenes written out <laughs> between <laughs> these very, like, stuffy people. <laughs> yes. Um. So, yeah, that was great. And then it's kind of cute, because later, like, a few days later, Arch and Quillerin are talking about something else, and Arch, or, well, that's a little bit of a spoiler, but I will tell you this little part first. Um. Archlet is like, I'm coming over, I have news. And he comes over and he's like, so what do you think of Mildred? <laughs> <laughs> and Quillerin's like, I think you guys are great together. I think you guys should definitely be together. And he's like, okay, great, because I like her a lot. <laughs> yes. And then meanwhile, Quillerin, a little bit farther down the line, is like, here's my murder plot for you. Here's what I think happened. And Arch is like, whoa, <laughs> I just wanted to gossip Hang about on a girl. <laughs> just wanted to i just wanted to date yeah 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 oh so funny so what's next is the play next um yeah i think i'm 
I'm not gonna like commit to knowing to like <laughs> knowing what order everything is in, but uh, the play definitely happened. <laughs> well, twice. Okay, <laughs> twice. Yeah, because well, the play is like right before like everything happens. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. So maybe before we go into the play, should we try to think if there's any other little clues? Oh, you know what else happens? I knew this would happen. That always seems to happen when we're like, okay, well, it's almost a climax. So like, maybe we should think about any other clue that might have happened that we should say. Um, And then, yeah, so the other clue that happens, Quillerin takes a day. So basically, he's been driving Polly around. He's been like, you can't go anywhere. Oh, oh my god, now I'm all backtracked. Okay, so the whole reason that I remembered to bring out the dinner is that as they're coming home from dinner, they see that fucking creep in her driveway again. Yeah, they see the car, they see the beard, they see it all. They see it all! They see it all! No, I'm kidding, that doesn't happen. Um... (laughs) But they do get really Not crazy. Not Lynn Jackson brought at the hell. No. <laughs> true, true. So true. That's in the fanfic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they get really creeped out. Quillerin stays with her for a really long time, which I was like, why don't you just stay overnight or take her away from that? Like, just take her to your house. But propriety does not allow that. So he does stay with her really late and then leaves to go back to his place. I feel like there was a clue then once he gets back to his place. I feel like there was a Coco connection there. Ooh, Coco connection. What else did Coco do? Um, well, in the very beginning of this section, Coco licked Melinda's face out of all the po- <laughs> photos. Oh my god, is that actually what he was doing? Yeah. I didn't actually get that. Whoa, I yeah. knew that he was licking the photos. I didn't realize he was licking her face off. Oh my god, wait, that goes so well with the butter thing where he like licked a butter stain out of her lapel. <laughs> Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, see, I think I remember that one because that was my cliffhanger last time because I read a chapter late, a uh, chapter extra. Oh, and right. so my cliffhanger was Quillerin came home and Coco had licked Melinda's face out of pictures. <laughs> what a weird fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious. It's like, hey, I hate her. Yeah. But um, wow, I don't think it, how did I not pick up on that? That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there was something about oh well, Quillerin did come home and think that his cats were dead because they had been sleeping on the laundry, the oh, the dryer. Yeah, and so they were all funny. like dazed and confused and like hot to the touch. And so he like panic calls Lori and is like, "My cats are dying, and they ate a stuffed bear." <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. I fucking knew that bear was going to come back and they were going to pull it out of that fucking drawer because he does like he comes back home and the drawer is open and it really is written written well because it's like and it was just the perfect slice of like space where a little paw could just hook right in and pull that (laughs) dumb little bear out. And he's like, which I would have been too. I mean, John and I've had that exact conversation of like, oh my God, this thing is missing. The cats could have eaten it, but are they dumb enough to eat that like i don't think like it depends on the cat it does right it depends on the cat and like i've never known any of our cats to do that they're dumb in other ways but i've never known them to like eat something that's not food yeah and so i haven't either but also i have a cat shaming calendar thanks jessica (laughs) you do (laughs) that i'm sure a lot of you see posts of yeah you do (laughs) <laughs> but like I would say probably like 
like a third of them are like I threw up somewhere I shouldn't but then like another good chunk of them maybe like 10% of them are like I ate something I shouldn't have and had to have surgery <laughs> that's true I so like there, def- there are definitely cats out there that eat things they shouldn't yeah that's a good point yeah that's true I mean yeah I got really nervous when that part came up because true yeah like I don't I mean I don't know Coco and Yum Yum's history of eating shit like not food I know they're very food aficionados they are the foodies of cats but (laughs) um but it does right laurie calms him down and is like okay you just your house cleaner your like cleaner service came through today like were they running the laundry and he was like yeah she does a lot of laundry and he she was like oh laurie was like okay it's probably just their sleep ours sleep on the on the dryer when it gets really warm and it's probably just that they're probably just like all days from like a super long hot nap instead of hot yoga the cats do hot naps (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much oh god which then that does end up being it because um late a little bit later it's like that was part of it too is that they weren't even like interested in food but then like an hour or two later they kind of start waking up and they start being like hey food hey look at this bowl here that's empty and he's like oh bastards (laughs) (laughs) But so, yeah, what, oh, is Melinda's weird visit next? Is that before the play? Um, that, ooh, that is before the play, but I feel like there was something else that I, like, literally just lost. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Well, yeah, let's just well, go this visit. Well, does he also, because he also, on that same call with Lori, he talks to Nick, too. Was it that? Maybe. Oh, you know what else he does? So along the lines of the, I keep wanting to say the Scranton Strangler, so I'm going to just say the pickaxe creep along Mm -hmm. the lines of the Scranton Strangler of the office. Uh Uh Um, So along the lines of like seeing the the pickaxe creep re-manifested around, um, he, Quillerin, is like, oh, so he's driving Polly all around because he's like, you i don't want you like going anywhere by yourself like you're clearly in danger i will drive you anywhere you need to go and so he drops her off one morning um at the library and then he's like i'm just gonna drive all around moose count all of moose county and just kind of talk to like go to diners and go to you know different shops and like whatever else and kind of like see if this guy maybe is somewhere else because that's the thing that nick says on the phone which is that he has actually because apparently he's like got a sharp eye for and he's like really into true crime and so he has actually seen this guy he sees him uh at a diner in some somewhere else not i don't think it's i think it's like outside of pickaxe and um he apparently like tries to make conversation and the guy like doesn't doesn't pick up on it like doesn't care is not interested even try nick is like oh i tried all of the um all the topics. I tried the weather. I tried baseball. I tried burgers. Like I tried everything, and like nothing was getting this guy to talk, or even like casually be like, "Oh, hey, yeah." Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so then Quillerin drives all around the county, and we get to see. That's like where we get to see like all these other little like bits of the county that are we've like kind of heard of, but we've never really been there. There's like a lakeside town where he talks to a guy, and like. Then there's another little bar that he goes to in another town. There are just all these like cute little places like Burr, B R R R R, which is uh-huh. really very cold. <laughs> Burr. Um, 
that he goes to and uh he asks the same kind of the same question of like have you got have you seen kind of a like a weird uh, maybe ish guy that that's maybe going by this name maybe not that has a beard might be kind of strange um might be from massachusetts might not and he does get a couple hits but mostly just that he's not using that name he's using something else and that he has kind of showed up and I think oh the one piece of info that he does get is that this guy came came up to I forget what that shop was was that shop just like a it seemed like a like a beach rental type place beach rental oh my god what is that that was my window opening because I'm starting to sweat oh no (laughs) it gets stopped raining but it's definitely a thousand degrees in my apartment oh that's fair what was I gonna say Oh, yeah. So he goes to this like little shop. Maybe it was just a deli or like a luncheonette type place. And he asks the guy there about his his suspect. And uh, the guy's like, oh, yeah, like, so yeah, like a guy of that description came in kind of recently. And he was trying to sell some of our guests like weird items like watches and shit that he was like this obviously seems like it's stolen like why would Mm -hmm. you just solicit people to sell watches if it wasn't illegal so yeah I think that's like one of the last things that I can think of before Melinda's visit which kind of would lead us into the play which would lead us into the denouement of this very climactic and crazy climax yeah I mean I think that's that's all I can think of up until then I think the next part is Melinda Melinda okay Quillerin goes back to his house it's kind of late at night he I think he had just had someone over or maybe he was just talking to Nick like oh no it was when Arch came over Arch came over and Quillerin kind of like bounced some ideas off of him that's when Arch is like hey I might have a girlfriend hi and then Arch leaves and so then right after Arch leaves there's a pair of headlights that are coming down Quillerin's little apple orchard And he's like, oh, God, I hope that's Arch just coming back to, like, tell me something else about Mildred. Mm -hmm. It is not. It is Melinda. It's Melinda. And keep in mind, this is, like, right before the play where she's playing Lady Macbeth. So I think Quillard was also, he was like, oh, that's, like, maybe someone just coming up the wrong driveway or, like, whatever. But, yeah, it's it's definitely Melinda and I think he recognizes her car before she gets there because he like heads her off at the back and yeah. is like nope come around front like a decent individual like yeah. we're doing this on the up and up like obviously not letting you in the back door you crazy lady yeah and like yet again this was another place where I was like Quillerin just fucking say no because it's yeah. like you won't even be seen with Polly like holding hands yet like you're gonna let this like salacious person into your house late at night when like anything could be said about you like the logic of that didn't follow for me and also just like in the stand your ground category of like just if you don't want someone in your house just say no (laughs) yeah well he does let her in and she I will say is on her best behavior tonight She, she is yeah, so, I mean, really nothing comes from this, or nothing, like, happens during her her visit there. She's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, I, I miss us together, wish I was with you, let me say hi to your cats, okay, great, bye. But, like, in a very, like, friendly 
way in a way that she hasn't been before. So Quillerin was suspicious pretty early on. He was like, I don't know why she was here, but like that wasn't that doesn't feel right. Like she obviously wanted something. I just don't know what. Yeah. And it is like kind of sad because yeah, she does pull out that line of like, you were the best person I've ever been with. And then she does also apologize. She's like, I'm sorry for the way that I, I don't think she really apologizes for the whole way she's been acting. Oh no. She just apologizes for one specific phone call, which I mean, was just a drop in the bucket of all of the times she's like, that she's been very like overly flirtatious to him against his like every time he's like no thank you and she just keeps like pushing Mm -hmm. but she does apologize for one phone call of all of that so it like starts to take on like kind of a sad tinge when she's kind of like oh I'm just I I was sloshed I think she even says like when I called you which then that further goes into Quillerin's idea so Quillerin has also been trying to get Polly to talk to her I think it's her sister-in-law who works at like a hospital or something and can pull medical records and he's been trying to get Polly he like slowly he's still not really bringing it up because of the the Irma fight 1992 (laughs) of their lot 1994 whatever their big blowout was and uh, he's only like slowly still being like okay, something's up with Melinda. Like, now I actually think she might be on drugs or something. That's what he talks about with Arch. Because Arch, I think, is like, oh, yeah, like, physicians are sometimes known to be on, like, different meds to, like, or different drugs to be, like, you know, uppers and downers to help them keep going and then relax and things like that. And he was like, that actually might, like, explain it because she's been really weird. Like, this is not the Melinda that I know from before. So he's like starting to think about that and especially like I got taken in by that for sure because when she was there and she was being more genuine I was like oh maybe this is like actually her and you know she is like now kind of being herself and is not like under any different influence or whatever but the other important thing is that yeah she does want to see the cats and they've all apparently like hate her and so they run from her. And so Quillerin, and it's really, it is kind of funny, a funny joke throughout that he's like, I only use the T word treat sparingly. And I always follow through because otherwise it will lose all meaning. And then like, he uses it like 7,000 times throughout this book. (laughs) Yeah. But he does give them treats every time. So that's true. He does follow through on that promise. So he does that for her and they come and she kind of looks at them and is like, oh, hey. Oh, no, she does get to cuddle Yum Yum. Yeah, she cuddles with Yum Yum a little bit. She's like, oh, I always liked this one. The other one hates me, but I like this one. (laughs) Yeah, which then Quillerin had a little inner dialogue where he was like, I think you guys just ignored each other before, but okay, like now you're best friends. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then into the play. So, yeah, the play is like the next day. And so Quillerin apparently for every play. No, the play's, I think the play's that night, isn't it? Oh, is it? I think it is. I think it was right in a row. Ooh, that would be really dramatic. Oh, yeah, because then she, the, you're right. No, you're right. Because then she's like, are you coming to the play? And he's like, yeah. And then um, she is like, are you going to come backstage? Are you going to stay afterwards? Will you come see me? And he's like, mm, no, <laughs> I won't do that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, which I'm realizing might also be a little bit of a clue to the future. The fact that he's not coming back, that might have been like a last straw. But I won't say anymore. I won't say anymore. 
I mean, I don't think that was the motive, but I think it definitely tightens up a timeline. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, he goes to the play with Polly later that evening. And it's like, it's, it's a, I mean, he seems to enjoy the play. Polly seems to enjoy the play. Everyone's like very enthralled with the acting. Melinda is like so-so, but everything else seems to be so spectacular that people are like enjoying it anyway. Mm-hmm. But then halfway through, Quillerin gets a little, a little tingle. A little, little mustache mu- tingle. A, a little mustache twinge. He like, and it doesn't really like, there's no warning. It's just all of a sudden he's like, I have to leave. And he like <laughs> ditches Polly and books it home. Yeah, he literally um, yells at Polly like, okay, find someone else to take you home. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> no explanation or anything. But I mean, when his mustache twinges, it really twinges. It's like, right on the nose with with what's going on it's it's in the know before anyone else because he gets home and there is quite a mess waiting for him oh i'm getting stressed just thinking about this part oh no yeah so he gets home and uh there's broken glass and blood everywhere and he walks in and all of his what's gone his cassettes his like tape players his radio it seems like most of his like electronic stuff is gone and so he calls the police and he is like okay like all of all of this like coco's okay he's on the fridge like we're good like everything like we need to you know report this immediately so um brody comes over and takes note of everything um, and immediately suspects children. Yeah. Rowdy teens. teens. Who sit yeah. on cars. And Qu- yeah, Quillerin's like, absolutely not. This is a planned attack by someone I'm suspicious of, but will not say. Right. He's very cagey. Yeah, he is. So um, Brody leaves, and Quillerin like, immediately is like, wait, something's missing. <gasps> What's missing, Evo? It's Yum Yum! Yum Yum! Yum Yum gets fucking kidnapped! Yum Yum gets kidnapped! Polly doesn't get kidnapped! Yum Yum gets kidnapped! It's so sad! I was literally reading this on the airplane home from Wisconsin, and I was like, is this, this is not right. Like, as he's, like, going around the house and looking, and Coco does that big, like, yowl to be like, something's not right, you fucking idiot, where's the other cat? And he, like, doesn't find her. And he just, like, knows that she's not there. And then, oh, my God. I was like, is this really where this is going? This cat better not fucking die. I was, like, so mad. I was like, I know there are other books. And I know that she's, like, probably fine. But I was like, I cannot handle this right now. I was, like, crying on the I ground. know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. For a hot second, I was like, wait, is Yum Yum in the next books? Like, I don't even know. I know. I was like, at least we've got Coco still, I guess. But, like, I don't know that it's not just Coco in the other books. So I was like, I don't yeah. know. This was a we huge don't... turning point. Lillian Jackson yeah. Brown, you really got me. Yeah. We, we legit didn't know. Um, spoiler alert, just in case anyone's having anxiety right now, Yum Yum is fine. <laughs> oh, God, Yum Yum is fine, and we get some really adorable cuddling scenes in just a few short moments. <laughs> yeah, so Quillerin calls Lori and Nick, or they just, like, happen to be there? 
No, he calls them. Yeah, because he's he like he calls them. Yeah, yeah. So he calls them, and then, oh no, so... no, wait. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally right. They show up because they were like, "You just tore out of there," and then I think they heard it on the either like I think he has a police scanner. I forget what his job is. I he might be a PI or something because he's very in the know about like mysteries and murders and crime and stuff because mm-hmm. I think he heard it somewhere that he wasn't really supposed to know about it so he goes straight to Quillen's house to be like are you okay is everything okay we heard that you got robbed yeah so they come over and Quillen's like I think I know where yum yum is like we need to follow this guy it's definitely the bearded guy because I know deep in my mustache that it is <laughs> so he's like we need to book it over to like the shanty town that he's been seen at multiple times because i'm pretty sure he's living there yeah so they do they book it over and i i was like reading so fast because i was like yum yum oh i was like this place better not land or crash right now because i need to know what happens to yum yum i can't handle this (laughs) so i'm not even sure of like i'm gonna get all of the details wrong but i don't think it matters so they go in and Quillerin's like, okay, like you go in first because like I'm recognizable or Nick said, I'll go in first because you're recognizable, <laughs> whichever. So Nick goes in and then like Quillerin obviously doesn't listen. And so he goes in too. <laughs> well, because Nick goes in with like maybe the stupidest idea possible. And like, so earlier when he had seen this guy at the diner, like at a different point in the book, and he had tried to start a conversation. He goes in being like, hey, I'm that guy from the diner. Remember me? And it's like, that's the weirdest cover of all time. Like, why did you not pick, like, delivery service person or, like, may it, like some delivery? Because I don't he's know. in, like, a tent. <laughs> that's true. He's in, like, a that's shanty a good point. town. Yeah. So, anyway, like, Nick has a terrible cover story. But he's also <laughs> like, I'm here to help you because, like, the police are coming. And the guy's like, you're the police? And Nick's like, no, the police are coming. Like, let me help you. Let's get out of here. Right. And Quillerin comes, like, barging in. And he's like, Tariq. <laughs> yeah, he literally just shouts treat to this criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which did absolutely nothing. But then he, he, he knew again. His mustache told him he's like this. He's like he's like sniffing around. He's like this tent smells like scared cat. Like she's definitely <laughs> in the in the bathroom. And so he like barges into the bathroom of like I I don't like bathroom stall. Like I guess it's just like curtains set up with like a bucket. And poor yeah. little Yum Yum is just sitting there in the bucket. <laughs> Oh, well, and I will give Yum Yum some credit because when he said treat, she did yowl. She did her now. Her oh, like, did she? yeah, her like, because Coco is Y O W, yow, and uh, Yum Yum is N O W, now. And so she did do a little scrabbly scrabble and like a row now, like whatever her little sound is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's partly what points him towards the bathroom, but he he definitely smells it too. He's like, wait, it smells like. Because I think it was so sad she was wet, too, because she was in that she had been like scrabbling all around the the bathroom and she had fallen in the toilet. And so she was wet and Which like is gross. It's so gross and so scared. And like, I mean, scared cats probably pee, too. Like it was probably like cat pee that he was smelling, too. And like, oh, or my God, people was... pee because it was a shanty town. Like, that's oh, not a real toilet. That's probably true, too. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
Yeah. So <laughs> yum yums, real gross, real soaking wet with bathroom waters, mystery, oh. mystery liquids from the bathroom. <laughs> but um, regardless, it doesn't matter because uh, Quillerin has yum yum again. He like grabs her in a towel because no one wants to touch her <laughs> and like burritos her up and she's and like throws her at Nick and is like, take her to the car. And um, Nick has a beard. So yum yum's purring the whole way. <laughs> this is chaos it's great <laughs> oh and we should Absolute say too yumya or um coco is has not been left alone either he aquiller and before him and nick leave has Lori stay with coco and is like will you talk to him he's so sad and it was <laughs> probably very sad yeah. and scared for his sister right so coco is a little traumatized for the next couple of days but they do get yum yum back safely yeah and we get like a really sweet little like they're in the car driving back and we get this like really sweet like couple bits of description where like Quillerin's just like hugging her to him and like only her little nose is poking out and she's like looking up at his mustache and it's just like oh you know just rescued she's saying yeah so that's nice that's a that's a happy ending to one of the dramas but um this also leads to us discovering kind of the the conclusion of the mystery because as it turns out this bearded man is someone that we have been introduced to before sort of in a or way at least the idea of him the idea of him yeah so it actually ends up being melinda's dead brother who is never been dead no never once Not <laughs> never once bit. Yeah, and we, I mean, we kind of got a hint of that when uh, we're talking to the groundskeeper and he kind of hinted at like, oh, the son was getting paid off to stay away, but those payments never ended after he died. They just kept going. So Quillerin kind of suspected all along, but um, yeah, it turns out this brother is not dead. And actually Melinda knew the entire time that he was not dead right and it does like start to kind of be unfurled through a couple of like it's kind of funny because the police chief like you know takes or brody takes um emery his name is emery goodwinter into custody and he's obviously you know he confesses he interrogates him and all of that he's um you know being held but the stuff about melinda doesn't really come out and quillerin doesn't fully say anything yet and I forget exactly, because it's, like, kind of a funny trail to, because there's still, like, technically a chapter left in the book. And it's, like, a funny trail to the end of... Yeah, and it's, yeah, this book's a little bit weird because there is a conclusion, but it's, like, all Quiller and speculation. And, like, it all is, it gets wrapped up and it makes sense, but there's no proof of it. Yeah. And so there's no real like ramifications for well there there are ramifications for melinda but self-inflicted like there's no like i guess police closure to this story yeah there's technically no justice for irma yeah because so basically what we end up finding out through a series of you know definitely unfortunate events mm-hmm. um well i guess the next big thing maybe before we go into that we should say the next big thing is that once emory is in custody and he starts talking he hasn't quite yet named an accomplice or has he i forget 
Yeah, no, he was super, because I think he's been, like, pretty, pretty on drugs and out of it the entire time. So even in the tent when Quillerin and Nick were in there, he was just, like, any question they asked, he was like, oh, yeah, like, the cat? Yeah, of course I have her. Oh, right. (laughs) So the the police got anything and everything they needed from him. They were like, we don't even have to ask him questions. He's just, like, telling us the whole story. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so that makes sense then, because then once that's implicated, Melinda actually kills herself by rant, like running her car into so that cul-de-sac that we talked about that dead end good winter boulevard ends in a dead end and i guess it's not like a house at the dead end it's like i don't know like trees or it, like a it was like a it was like a monument oh was it oh my yeah. god yikes that's symbolic and crazy yeah. yeah so she just floors it to the end and doesn't break um, Yikes! Well, also yeah. it's symbolic too because her family helped found the town. Goodwinter is like the name, like the town founders. Yeah. Also, that was the way that her brother was supposed to have died. <gasps> oh my god! I didn't even put that together. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Poetic, yeah. Lillian Jackson Brown. You got us. Yes, yes, yes. All comes full circle. But yeah, so the brother kind of like comes out with the story a little bit. Not all of it, obviously, because Melinda did part of a lot of the scheming but um yeah so the the brother names melinda and then also it turns out that he wasn't even trying to kidnap polly he was trying to off polly because melinda wanted her out of the way so that she could swoop in and uh claim quillerin for herself like the crazy craze she is well i think a lot of this is based on that conversation because quillerin does at the end when he starts pulling all of the extra pieces together, because we still, you know, at this point, we now suspect that Melinda had something to do with Irma's death, but we don't fully know quite yet. We don't know how it happened or what happened. And so I think a lot of that at the end, he plays Brody the tape from, because his tape recorder was accidentally still playing or still recording what when Melinda came into his room all the way back in Scotland when she's like, hey, I want to marry you and I'm broke and let's have kids and then you can go free after three years or like whatever. And he's Mm -hmm. like, no, thanks. And he actually says to her instead of he says just no. And then he also continues and says, if I'm going to marry anyone at this point, I'm going to marry Polly. And so I think at that point, she kind of sees Polly as her main like if. No, it was before that, too, because um, I mean, the brother Emery shows up while Quillerin's still in Big Potato Mountain. Oh, you're right. So it goes back pretty far. Like, I think as soon as uh, Dr. Goodwinter passes away, Melinda is like, hey, we're broke. Like, we don't have all of this funding anymore. Um, and so I think that's when it starts. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because they've kind of, I think, been in cahoots and like, trying to do some shady dealings for the I think it's been like six or seven years that Emery has been suspected or has been known quote unquote to be dead and now I mean so I think it's since then that they've kind of been like cahooting together but then right it was once their dad died that then Emery was like well I'm gonna I can't remember because I think he's been getting those payments from his dad and he's like well how am I still gonna get payments and she's like well I have an idea and yeah. it involves killing Polly and marrying Quillerin and marrying into the Klingenchcone fund mm-hmm. and also stealing shit because they steal a bunch of shit in 
like Quillerin's house and then also don't aren't they the ones too that like backed up a truck to one of the houses and because there's also the little scandal of as things are being unloaded from the auction and like delivered to people who bought them one truck pulls up that's like not authorized and it pulls up to like a different house or something i think and like cleans out steals the teddy bears oh my god that's right it's the fucking teddy bears yeah they steal (laughs) all the teddy bears yeah and so i don't I actually, I don't remember if they are implicated in the jewel heist. I think that might have just been the Scottish brother, the Scottish, the driver, the brother of Irma's friend. Right. I think that was just him. That was just kind of like a side, like he saw the jewel, so he took him. Yeah. (laughs) Like he was just kind of like a criminal amidst other criminals. Right. And then it is resolved, like Irma is kind of resolved of that because Quillerin, there's something about it that, which I was a little bummed about. So it turns out they're not sneaking away to have sex in the moors in like a romantic, dramatic fashion. No, she was just trying to straighten him out. Like she promised the, her friend, his sister, she would try to do. Which is nice, but also. Very nice. I was hoping they were having wild sex in like a British meadow. (laughs) Yeah. No, not quite like that. No, um, so... but we do get uh, Quillerin's assumptions or Quillerin's theories as to what happened. So we have the motive, we have the players, Melinda and her brother. And so Quillerin kind of puts two and two together and is like, oh, well, you know, she's a doctor, you know, she could have prescribed Irma the wrong medication but apparently Irma refused to take medication and so he was like well you know obviously they were trying to kill Polly they probably gave the pills to Polly but she didn't take them Irma did right and then Quiller remembers back to before they left for Scotland there's like a whole thing which I don't think we even mentioned because it seemed so small which is a great yeah a great little seed um, is the fact that Polly before they left, had been like, oh, I'm so nervous. I'm going to get sick on this trip that um, I went to the doctor and Melinda. And there's a whole thing, too, about, like, the male patients are leaving Melinda, but female patients are like, oh, great. Like, finally a female doctor in this area. And Polly is like, yeah, female doctor. Like, I'm going to go to her. Great. And so Polly goes to her and Melinda prescribes her. I mean, not even prescribes her. It's, like, supposed to just be, like, a vitamin C supplement or something Mm -hmm. extra. That even at the time, Quillerin is like, oh, what's that? Like, what are you taking? And I think it's just because he's nosy and kind of controlling. But, um, and, like, Polly even says, like, I don't really want to take anything. And so she decides not to take it. Well, she said they're too big for her to swallow. And so she decides not to take them because... That's right. Um, she can't, but she gives them to Irma because Irma starts getting sick. Right. And so she leaves them out. And it's not oh. even like it's not at that point because um, so we can't totally blame Polly for giving Irma poison medication. I mean, we wouldn't blame her anyway. No. But no. Um, someone actually remembers seeing Melinda coming out of Irma and Polly's room that night. So they think that that's the night that she switched the vitamin C medication with the poison tablets. So Polly wouldn't have been getting that. Um, wouldn't have been getting poisoned all along, but she she definitely had a chance to get poisoned that one night. But since she had already decided not to try to take the pills anymore, um, she was safe. And unfortunately, Irma was not. I know. And, you know, honestly, I think part of the reason that the this ending is kind of so vague and it doesn't fully come up to the pool, like at least this part of it, 
doesn't fully come up to the police is that I think Quillerin doesn't really I think he does kind of tell Brody but I think he also wants to spare Polly because I mean you're right like no one would blame her because she obviously didn't know and it's all Melinda's fault obviously mm-hmm. but it is like there's something there about like you were the one that like it was intended for you and then you gave like I would feel I, yeah. I mean I just would not know how to handle that if I had yeah. given you, you know even obviously the fact that they, like there's nothing that I would have known I would have only been good intentions but I mean it's I think it's that but it was also pretty easy for him to make that decision because Polly didn't even keep the pills so there's literally no proof that's right yeah I forgot because there were a couple different things too where like apparently before Melinda died she had pulled Irma's medical records herself so even after um Quillerin asks so even after Quillerin like convinces Polly to convince her sister-in-law to like uneth like break ethical code and like pull Irma's records, they're not there. And Quillerin's like, wait, aren't not even in like a space for like deceased patients? They're not somewhere else. And they're like, no, they're literally just not there. So there's truly like it really does end sort of mysteriously. Like we, I feel like that it's known like this happened. But it there's no yeah there's no justice for Irma hashtag justice for Irma because it's not like it doesn't come out there's no, you're right there's no proof of any of it it's just you know his hunches and yeah oh, oh. which I believe but alas it doesn't really matter because the the victim is is gone and so is the uh, the Vicdy what's the <laughs> I'm missing the word. Oh, no, I mean, I'm not going to tell you because Vic T is just uh, great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, that really wraps it up. This one was like maybe one of the more and it's funny because I like more dramatic of the books that we've. Yeah, it was also, I think, the most abrupt ending. Like, I was expecting another chapter because I wasn't, like, paying attention to where I was in the book. But the the ending was so ridiculous because Melinda actually left Quillerin a, like, kind of like a suicide note or, like, a last confessions or something for him to read. And so he's, like, getting ready to go out. And he's like, I'll do this later. Well, maybe I'll do it now. And so he turns around and Coco had chewed it up. Which and completely torn it to yes. shreds. Which and I like that's love. the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it because it was like Quillerin even says like in his like inner monologue is like he he kind of let you know Brody hands it to him and is like we found this in Melinda's stuff. This is for you. He like waits until Brody leaves and he's like okay and he does like a bunch of other things because he's like I feel like I need to be ready for this. Whatever is in this letter, it's gonna be like emotionally hard. And Coco like. It's clear that, like, what I, also whatever is in that letter is, like, uh, not necessary for Quillerin's life. Like, Melinda has already done what she has done in multiple different areas, and, like, nothing is going to change, really. And so I just loved it from the perspective of it kind of felt like, you know, like a protective, like, sister or friend or, like, someone that's just being, like, no, you don't need to read that letter from that ex. Like, no, don't send that text. Like, it felt like those texts, for sure. Yeah, it was like, don't send that drunken text or like, don't, no, don't read that. No, you don't need that. And like, they just felt like another way Coco was like, or both. Like, I think it was, it could have been both of them. Um, I mean, Quiller and blames Coco. 
I mean, fair. Yes. Fair, fair. Um, yeah. So that's, whew, guys, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. It's a crazy book. Crazy ending. It's a crazy book. I loved it. I thought it was great. And it's funny because, like, throughout I kept being like, well, not much happens in this section and not much happens in this section. And then, whoa, everything happens in this last bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really all really just all came together yeah um well we should let you get to your trivia night my trivia night yeah i'm yeah. gonna go play trivia night i'm crossing my fingers that it's all about lily and jackson braun <laughs> or cats or albania those are your wheelhouse or cats or <laughs> albania or mysteries um actually there is so i got the book that you sent (gasps) i got the book that you sent (gasps) did you yeah i just got it today yeah 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 Um, yeah 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 yeah. well there actually is trivia in the back of the book that you sent (gasps) i forgot to mention that that's maybe the best part yes lily and jackson braun trivia and so i think that we should start having trivia um 100 percent, yes yes um thank you guys so much for listening again this is paranormal captivity if you've made it this far we applaud you and your cats <laughs> um so you can find us in between episodes online you can find us on paranormal captivity pod on instagram and paranormal pod on twitter um, you can also find us on Patreon. You can search Paranormal Captivity and we will be there. We are so, so grateful for all of you that support us there. Like, you honestly are making this happen, making this mystery <laughs> and cat life happen. Um, so we love you. And there's a Goodreads, which I need to update. Um, we have Goodreads Book Club, which is super fun. And there's a Facebook fan page if you want to join that, too. We're super grateful for the people that run that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it thank you guys so so much we will be back with a new exciting book next time on we will decide on soon yeah that we don't know right now but we'll decide soon and um yeah stay tuned next time we should have a like like a little saucy tag at the end stay tuned next time for another mysterious cat drama mystery thing we'll work on it (laughs) we'll we'll figure it out okay bye Bye. Um, hi, Julia. Do you want to tell everyone why we're recording this a day later? <laughs> yeah. Um, cut to the next day. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we forgot something very unimportant, but I want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. You te- when you texted me, you said that we forgot an important thing. <laughs> Okay, so it wasn't important. I mean, obviously, we wrapped up the story without talking about it, but it's important to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and we have been talking about it. It's something that we have been giving Quillerian shit for for the past two books, and it like comes to a sort of a conclusion in this book. Oh no! Like something is tingling in my head, and I like still can't quite get there. But I'm like. (laughs) Oh, no, I, like, vaguely, 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 vaguely have this in my head somewhere. Okay, yes, proceed. So, this is something that happens at an event that we didn't even mention. Oh, no. Yeah. So, in this book, Polly gets an award because she is a remarkable (gasps) woman. 
Wait, I'm sorry. I just remembered this, and I'm so glad you brought it up. And I'm sorry. I think I gasped over everything you just said. That's okay. <laughs> so yeah, so there's this part is so yeah. funny, you guys. <laughs> so there's there's an event that um only Polly goes to because Quillerin doesn't even support her in this, but she gets an award I for know. being like a notable woman in the community i can't remember what the ward actually is yeah it's such it seems really cool because it seems like it's like a like maybe like a women's group Mm -hmm. who they're giving awards to notable women in the community and i think she gets like an education one maybe for it's something definitely something library related yeah yeah so like she gets one and like Lori bomba gets one and fran gets one and like so all of these women that we've like met throughout the books are getting these like really fun awards in the community which is super cool mm-hmm. but so these are all Quillerin's close lady friends and they all happen to be the women that he gives the batwing capes to and the peacock yep <laughs> yep yep and yep, yep. what outfits everyone decides <laughs> is their most special outfit to an exceptional <laughs> award in. <laughs> there is literally a moment where apparently all like five or six because it's like Fran Brody too mm-hmm. it's like there are five or six of these women that we have as we've said as we you are correct have given Quiller and shit for um, that he's given the same exact gift to just in different colors and there is an actual moment where they are all on stage next to each other and everyone apparently is like it's unclear if they're laughing at them or with them but i think maybe a little bit of both and it's funny because i was expecting this moment to i wasn't expecting this moment to happen i wasn't expecting like all of them to be wearing it at the exact same time but like it's not like quillerin gave each of the gifts being like oh and I gave one to like all of these other women too you know like right I don't think they knew beforehand that they weren't the no. only recipient of his batwing cape peacock gifts <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely not yeah. that was my impression too. so like I don't know maybe I'm maybe I'm the crazy one but like if I were at least Polly like the other women I probably would like if I were one of the other ones I'd probably be like oh yeah like okay he gave like the same whatever but if I were Polly I'd be like a little bit miffed (laughs) yeah well I actually I think I'd feel really uncomfortable if I was one of the other women too because I would be like oh like I have such a like an anxiety about anything related to like being perceived as like I don't even know like as the other woman or like cheating the idea of cheating to me is like the most horrifying like just like social anxiety like crazed thing in my head and like I think if I were any of those other women I would be I would feel really uncomfortable because I would be like at least there are others yeah I mean if I were the only one it would be weird but there's like five of them so it's obviously Quillerin's fault for being just like a terrible gift giver or like not a terrible (laughs) gift giver because they're not terrible gifts like a bowing cape sounds cool but it does i know and the peacock yeah, that brooch, like cool too I but he's just like not that. a very thoughtful gift giver maybe well i think it's i wonder if it's that he has like an idea and then he's like okay now every this is a good idea <laughs> now everyone this. gets it yeah because yeah. do you remember too like speaking of quiller and gifts 
um he for polly's birthday as we mentioned um he takes her out and they go out to dinner at the to the italian place um but he for her birthday doesn't know what to get her and so he goes to the department store where apparently like as soon as his mustache is seen yet again he's like you know take it and immediately people are like oh quillerin's like they have all of polly's like sizes and color preferences and like so apparently he goes there a lot to be like, hey, I need something for Polly. And they're like, yes, yes, <laughs> here like, we go. Yeah, here's the blue dress in her size. <laughs> yeah, which exactly. That's exactly what he gets her for her birthday, which I think that's what she ends up wearing to the awards. So at least like I think all their dresses are different. So maybe that's why maybe that's actually why it's not as like intense because it's not like they're wearing the same like the identical thing. It's that they're yeah. wearing these are accessories. They're, right. Yeah. So it's not, and they're all in different colors. So they would just look like a I don't know I'm picturing them as like a flock of birds <laughs> yeah or like a traveling family band yeah <laughs> but yeah it is they did I think they all handled it very well I mean obviously we didn't get the reaction of the other women but Polly even when she was telling the story she kind of like laughed it off and was like well it just goes to show that you know a lot of notable women that we were all up on that stage all at the same time that is true. That was a really, I thought that was a really cool moment when, yeah, I was brought up of like, well, you just know a lot of really great women. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we can't blame you. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so glad you remembered. We definitely needed an addendum. Yeah. We needed a, a, for that. a closure for the like lingering, like kind of back burner anxiety of what happens when these women know that they're getting the same gifts. No, it's so true. Like, I was definitely expecting, like, a fight to ensue. Like, or not at least, between like, the women. Some sort of, like, yeah, some sort of, like, little kind of, like, jab at Quillering. Because Polly's made out to be, like, kind of a jealous lady friend this entire series. And, like, I feel like this is the one, this is her one shot to be, like, <laughs> kind of a little jealous. And I would not call it crazy. <laughs> no, true. But, you know what? It might, I wonder if because I noticed that this book, I don't think there are as many references to that. So I wonder yeah, no, if she's like, yeah, like but, I wonder if maybe she's supposed to be quote unquote growing. Maybe, but this is also the book where Quillerin, not in her presence, but mentions that if he's going to marry anyone, he's going to marry Polly. So maybe it's just their relationship is getting a little bit more like solidified. That's true. I do think that's true because I think, I think that is even per- like, written well in the sense of like yeah you do get the sense that their relationship is like a little bit more solid not necessarily like yeah I don't know I don't really know but I I think you're right I think that's totally the case Mm -hmm. so oh oh my god I'm so glad we wrapped up the backwing (laughs) cake peacock incident oh yeah oh yes um, and you guys, the other thing that we promised you, uh, which we didn't uh, really have time to do yesterday, but we are fully at your mercy now. And we are going to, I have Pottermore <gasps> up right here. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so I, I was going to make an account because uh, I, I do have an account, but I figured to be completely fair, we should make an account for Quillerin. Well, you can't take the test twice on the same account. Oh, you can't. Oh, okay. Well, even more reason. Yeah. So I stopped at the first question, which is, what is your date of birth? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What do we think Quillerin's date of birth is? Oh, no. Okay. So he seems to be the same age in every single book. 
Yes, he is ageless. He is ageless. Um, but if the book started coming out in, well, when was it? The late 60s? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it was like 68, 69. Okay. And so he had just gone through like a weird divorce and he was like kind of coming out of a slump. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I would say that's like mid-30s. Mid-30s? You think, okay. well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Hang on, I'm going to Google it just in case. Okay. Shoot, I don't think it's telling. Ah. What, can we just use Lillian Jackson Braun's birthday? Oh, wait, that's actually a great idea. Okay, oh, uh, <laughs> June 20th, 1913. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I guess that feels kind of, like that feels old, but that also feels maybe kind of right because if he's so we're not... in like the nineties now, so he would be like eighty in this book. True. So that's probably a little bit old. Yeah, I would say like subtract twenty years. Okay. Yeah. So let's say June twentieth, nineteen thirty thirty three. Thirty three. Yeah, that, that seems right because then he. Okay. Would like mid 30s in that first book and, and now he would be in his like early 60s in this book yeah no that feels right yeah that seems that seems good um i'm gonna use the paranormal captivity pod email mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. also small plug if you want to email us <laughs> paranormalcaptivitypod at gmail.com also quillerin's uh email address (laughs) (laughs) um let's see new password uh quills number one how about coco and yum yum perfect (laughs) nailed it but throw in some weird characters because quillerin's paranoid oh yeah no i have a lot of um capitals and exclamation points and things that His password should have just been mustache. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> I didn't have such trouble spelling mustache every time. I certainly can't spell it when it's only little dots instead of <laughs> actual letters. Oh my gosh, I was just talking to mom about this the other day. She has that like game where there's just like a circle of letters and you're supposed to like make words out of it. Oh yeah. And yeah. she was like, how do you spell? And it was like something really like like a I can't remember what word it was, but it was like a really simple like like either or something like that. She was mm. like, How do you spell either? And I was like, Oh yeah, I spell check anything, like everything. And so there are definitely words that I've never learned how to spell also, <laughs> like receipt or like foreign. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just never learned how to spell them. All right, I'm not going to sign Quillerin up for any of the uh, tailored Wizarding World news and offers or Warner Brothers family of companies offers because I just feel like he wouldn't want those. And also, I don't want them. (laughs) No, I don't think he wants any of the frills. He's a very very no frills guy. Oh, sorry. That email just came through. If you heard a blip in the recording, that was the email coming through. Perfect. (laughs) You're all set. Off you pop. You can now take your traits with 
Oh, you can now take your traits with you wherever you go. Just look out for the passport symbol to connect. Your visiting passport is materializing. Oh, that's cool. <gasps> Do you hear that? Oh, I hear it. Oh, I forgot how cool this is. The Patronus is a kind of positive force of projection of the very thing that the mentors feed upon. Hope, happiness, the desire to survive. Quote by Remus Lupin. Okay, how do I do this? Um, discover your Patronus! Yeah! Oh, here we go. You can only discover your Patronus once the questions are timed. Go with your instincts! Okay, ready? We have questions to answer. Okay. Ooh, relax. Think of your happiest memory. What's Quillerin's happiest memory? When he adopted Coco. Oh, yes, it is. Sorry, that wasn't an actual question. Apparently, I couldn't answer that. Oh, uh, Thorn, Leaf, Blade. Ooh. Thorn. You have to pick one. Thorn. thorn. You're right, because he thinks everyone else is Thorn. <laughs> or Blade, because he wanted that blade. <gasps> oh, a blade. Well, it's okay because I didn't answer quick enough, and now it's making me do it again. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sun, wind, or rain? Ooh, this is hard. I know. I'm going to say wind. Yeah. Okay. Just because that felt very cool. Like, oh, God, sorry, my phone fell. <laughs> oh, my God. We're whizzing through the forest. Bright or shadow? Shadow. Shadow defo. Tinkle, 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 tinkle. Lead, escape, save. Save, right? Uh, Maybe, yeah, save. Maybe or, leave, but or, save. <gasps> Stay calm. Go with your first instinct and try again. Try again. Try again. That time. Excuse us. Sorry, I really shouldn't second guess the magic here. <laughs> Prowl, play, or preen? Preen. Preen is very cat related, yes. Yeah. Plus his mustache, so. Oh, that's so true. That's a good one. Oh my God, I feel like this is. I, my adrenaline is going. This is very. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. I can take a picture. Oh my god, okay. Click and drag, click, drag, and release for your Patronus. <gasps> Ready? Whoop. Oh my god, you are gonna die. It's really funny. Ooh. And out of. Ooh, what is it? I cannot, it's so not what I would have guessed. Okay, so not a cat. <laughs> no, it's not a cat. It's an orangutan. Oh! <laughs> He's just walking around on his knuckles. All right. Well, would you look at that? <laughs> would you look at that? It says to do... Why is it saying to do it again? Can we do it again? Maybe it's like, you you got this wrong. Do it again. <laughs> oh, it just disappeared. So it's like, you need to do the magic again to bring it back, I think. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, because you can keep playing with it while you're on that page. Right, 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 right. Okay, well, I think I've taken enough pictures here. We'll post them uh, so that you can see Quillerin's Patronus. Amazing. I yeah. feel like Quillerin would hate this test because he wouldn't be able to take his time, like, musing through the questions. Yes, no, 100%. He would hate everything about this. Yeah, no, for sure. But I kind of love that it's an orangutan. I feel like that is very Quillerin. It's also an orangutan, like, walking through the forest. <laughs> so it kind of looks like a Bigfoot, almost, which I know he would also hate. So I kind of love it. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Okay, I'm going to go back to profile and see if it'll let me do house. Let's see. 
here we go join your hogwarts house be sorted yes. and discover your house yes mm. experience i don't want to read the story i know the story oh no. oh forest or river oh we're, forest we're already into it we're already forest. into it forest forest you're right you're right you're right yeah he almost drowned in that river that's true that's true <laughs> which road tempts you most the leaf twisting strewn what oh the twisting leaf strewn path through the woods or the cobbled street lined with ancient buildings Ooh, well he hated scotland and loved taking that walk through the forest oh but he got lost in that forest wait i'm also dumb there are like four options here i only gave you two the last time (laughs) (laughs) um okay let's start from the top here okay the twisting leaf strewn path through the woods okay where he got lost yeah yeah the wide sunny grassy lane Mm. the narrow dark lantern lit alley i feel like you would hate that yeah the cobbled street the cobbled street lined with ancient buildings i feel like the lane because he likes biking in the easy path through the like was the field an option oh yeah um yeah the wide grassy sunny lane that one yeah okay great let's do that Oh my god, this is, you're right, there's so many questions here. This one is long. Yeah. Okay, a troll has gone berserk in the headmaster's study at Hogwarts. It is about to smash, crush, tear several irreplaceable items and treasures. In which in which order would you rescue these objects from the troll's club if you could? Oh my god, this is very intricate. Yeah. Uh, first student's records going back a thousand years, then a nearly perfected cure for dragon pox, finally a mysterious handwritten book full of strange runes. That was Ooh. one. Oh. Then all of these are the same thing, but right. in different orders. Yeah. Okay. So, hmm. I feel like Quillerin was, like, kind of distraught when the newspaper burned down. Yeah. Right? And, like, all of the first. records were, yeah, I would say records first. Yes. And cure last. Cure last. Okay. Let's see what that option is. Mysterious. Yep. Here we go. Yep. Got it. Okay. I feel like he'd be really curious about that mysterious like thing. That's true. Yeah, we have to have mysterious in there before the end because yeah. that's just our jam. Yeah. Okay. Next. Oh god, this one has a fuck ton of answers. Um, Perfect. If you were attending Hogwarts, which pet would you choose to take with you? Oh well, obviously oh, cat. Yeah. Where is it? A ginger cat. Is there other kinds of cats? I think they're just going through the actual ones that we know. Oh, a white cat is also an answer. Okay. Let's see what else. Oh! <gasps> there is a Siamese cat option oh, on done. here. Done. <laughs> <laughs> that was a shock. I'm so surprised at that. One and um, done. Nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Um, this literally just says left or right. <laughs> oh. Um, I'd say right. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Feels right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, do you want to guess what this is? It's what I would have guessed. <gasps> Did you get the house already? I already got it. Yeah, it came through. <laughs> okay. <sighs> um, I'm going to go with Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. No. <gasps> no. Oh, but also close. It was the other thing that we guessed, which was Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Oh, 
of course. I thought we guessed enough booky things that it was going to funnel him into Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah. Well, those are definitely the two that I would have guessed. But he is very dumb but courageous, which is my, like, ultimate definition of a Gryffindor. Yeah, no, it's totally true. You know, I, for, like, a split second before we started this, I, I, like, almost was thinking, like, maybe Slytherin because we all know how I am turning into... Quillerin and I'm like a thousand percent Slytherin. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. You're right. But maybe it's the, like the curmudgeonliness of being a cat lady isn't what Slytherin's all about. <laughs> <laughs> you're see, you're learning something about yourself now yeah, too. Yeah, it's not that I prefer cats over people, <laughs> but you do prefer cats over people. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, you heard it here first. Uh, Quillerin is a Gryffindor and his Patronus is an orangutan. There we go. <laughs> so fitting. <laughs> so fitting. One he would love and one he would hate. It's just yep. great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, and I agree with I agree with the the Gryffindor. I do too. And I do it is uh quite delightful to me that somewhere in the fictional world of characters, Quillerin is just super grumpy and hating that we even did this for him. <laughs> It's true. Um, well, thanks for sticking around, guys. Sorry, I know that was a little longer than I remembered that being, but um, yeah, hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, check in with us next week. We have a surprise book that we're going to read, and uh, we're still deciding between two really cool ones, and it'll be a surprise for you and all of us. <laughs> it's a surprise for even us. <laughs> yes, it will be a surprise for us too. Um, yes. Yeah, so thanks again, guys, and we will be back next time. Yeah. Uh Okay, bye. Okay, bye.